Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, July 11th, 2019. Um, I'm early today because there's a lot to talk about, and I've been kind of debating what to do the news and views on. There's two big stories, and I want to talk a bit about both of them. First of all, uh, as for website announcements, don't forget, everybody, we do have a vid chat uh, tomorrow evening at 6.30 U.S. Central Time, as usual. I'll be in the chat room uh, plenty early for a lot of pre-chat. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be questions about the Giza guys' get-together and possibly some of the news I'm going to be talking about today. But in any case, um, I do want to talk about two unrelated stories. Uh, my main focus is going to be on the new gold repatriation efforts being launched by Hungary and Poland. But I do want to say something about the Jeffrey Epstein uh, arrest because I've been getting a flood of articles about this whole story. And I had originally intended to do the news and views about the story, but I think uh, given the amount of information that has been piling in. I'm going to reserve that for an actual blog sometime next week and just comment on what I see as the principal problems emerging in this whole thing. Uh, the biggest problem that I can see is Epstein himself, because if you look at his biography, first of all, he never completed college, and yet uh, his biography on Wikipedia states that he taught mathematics and physics for a while at a college level without having any sort of college degree. So, you know, again, people are raising questions about how does that work. Um, the other problem that I can see, and it's a whopper, is there's no real clear story about how he made all his money. Uh, the story is that he became a partner for a brief time, a limited partner at Bear Stearns. He left under circumstances that are not clear, and then all of a sudden started becoming the financial advisor to billionaires. In other words, he deliberately uh, made his clientele people with uh, assets in excess of a billion dollars. But there's no clear indication where his money came from. And the biggest problem that I see there is there are stories now coming out, including uh, statements by the current U.S. Secretary of Labor, who was the prosecutor against Epstein in the state trial in Florida. And the Secretary of Labor uh, is quoted as having said that Epstein was untouchable because he had intelligence backgrounds. Now, I'm suspecting that that intelligence background is perhaps of a dual nature, both to American intelligence and perhaps to Israeli intelligence. That's another aspect of the story that seems to be coming out in Israel uh, in some articles that are rather bizarre. So I do want to uh, go more in depth about those things in the upcoming blog. But these are the points I'm noticing in the story thus far, the major points that I'm seeing emerging in the story. Uh, there's one final thing. It's, it seems obvious uh, to me, if you examine all the information that is coming out, particularly the glaring hole in how he actually made his money, having so many rich and powerful people 
that are connected to him, the Clintons, President Trump, the royal family, and so on and so forth, uh, it's clear to me that he was assembling control files for somebody. And if that be the case, then it seems to follow the pattern that was established way back in, in the 1980s, the early, uh, pardon me, the late 1980s, at the very beginning of the administration of George Herbert Walker Bush, the scandal known as the Franklin scandal, because again, you had a clear case of human trafficking of young people, uh, both men and women, unlike the Epstein case, which appears to be just women at present. We don't really know. But the Franklin scandal, again, was connected, you know, to this types of goings on in Hollywood. And eventually it led to Washington, D.C., where some of these uh, sex parties are alleged to have happened in the White House. So that was a clear case of control files, again, being assembled and rich and powerful people being part of the scandal. So it's a pattern that is repeating. And what I have always suspected is that these incidents, uh, the Pennsylvania State University incident a few years ago, uh, certainly the Franklin scandal, the Finder scandal, now Epstein, we're looking at isolated events that, in my opinion, are not isolated. They are little outcroppings of a big iceberg underneath that connects them all together. And what this may end up doing, if Epstein appears to be plea bargaining, which I think is a strong possibility right now, we may see some of that network finally being exposed. But anyway, it's a big story. Uh, there's lots of people talking about it, uh, lots of anomalies in the story that are being pointed out. Let's just hope that some of those women that are his victims are going to finally get some uh, justice in the court system. I want to turn to another major story, though. This one is also very, very important. And because of the news in this country, it's tended to go, go under the radar. This is, I've linked an article, and we'll uh, have it posted once I put this up, from Zero Hedge, which is citing an article from bullionstar.com that was written by Ronan Manley. This appeared uh, this last Monday, so early this week. And this story concerns the ongoing efforts of nations to repatriate their gold. This began, you'll recall, with Germany a few years ago suddenly deciding that, <coughs> pardon me, they wanted to repatriate their gold. <coughs> and if you recall, that movement began at a popular level. This was not a movement that was initiated by the German government. Pressure was put on the German government to repatriate its gold from the Bank of England, the Bank of France, and then the New York Federal Reserve. Uh, it quickly expanded to repatriation efforts, small repatriation efforts uh, from the Netherlands and Austria. Venezuela, of course, got in on the act. But Poland and Hungary have now been doing the same thing. And let's also recall that Italy has passed laws saying that its central bank gold belongs to the Italian government. So Poland and Hungary, I want to read some paragraphs from the beginning of this article, and then I want to skip all the way to the end where I think we can begin to see the geopolitical implications of what's going on. 
So starting from the beginning of the article, quote, one of these was the announcement last October by Hungary's central bank that after 32 years of holding unchanged gold reserves, it had rapidly increased its monetary gold holdings by 1,000% or tenfold from 3.1 tons to 31.5 tons and also repatriated or brought home this entire holding from London to Budapest away from the clutches of the Bank of England. At that time, we asked, quote, with almost all of Poland's gold held at the Bank of England, a relevant question now is how long before Poland also sees fit to repatriate its gold in physical form away from the fractionally backed uh, London-controlled gold trading center in London? The answer to this question was not long at all. For to the Hungarian bombshell, we can now add Hungary's neighbor and closest ally, Poland, which has just in its own way shocked the gold market and the European Union by announcing that during the first half of 2019, it has already bought 100 tons of monetary gold at the Bank of England, bringing its gold reserves to 228.6 tons, all stored at the Bank of England. and now plans to repatriate almost half of its strategic gold reserves, or at least 100 tons, back to the National Bank of Poland vaults in Warsaw. The National Bank of Poland revealed the news about its gold on Friday the 5th of July in a short official release on its website, and the announcement is worth noting for many reasons. From the English translation, number one, the National Bank of Poland's management board made a strategic decision to significantly increase the central bank's gold reserves. This decision was then implemented by the National Bank of Poland. Number two, over 2018 to 2019, the central bank bought 125.7 tons of gold and now has 228.6 tons of gold. Number three, of the 125.7 tons, 100 tons were purchased in 2019 and 25.7 tons in 2018. Notably, the entire 125.7 tons was bought in the last 12 months. Number four, the National Bank of Poland has decided to bring back almost half of its gold, which is all stored at the Bank of England in London, and store this repatriated gold domestically in the National Bank of Poland's vaults, unquote. Now, folks, that's a big wow, and I'm going to get into my reasons for thinking it's a big wow at the end here. But I want to read towards the end of this article what the article itself concludes, quote, as two of the most independently-minded countries in the present-day European Union, which are both thorns in the side of the European Federalists, the physical gold-buying and gold repatriations by the Poles and Hungarians are intriguing, to say the least. No other European Union states have made such huge and dramatic gold purchases for decades. Could the huge gold purchases and repatriations by the Poles and Hungarians be signaling a skirmish in the two countries' battle with the EU elites? And my answer 
to that question is yes, but we'll get back to that. Continuing with the article, don't forget the EU is raging at both countries and even plans to put them under economic sanction. And the reason that, that the EU is raging is that Poland and Hungary have been resisting opening their borders to the flood of migrants and refugees. Continuing, Poland and Hungary also still use their own currencies, the Zloty and the Forint, respectively. And while their central banks are members of the European Central Bank, neither are part of the euro and fully answerable to the e European Central Bank, which also explains their freedom to maneuver and pursue their own reserve management agendas, something that full European Central Bank members cannot do independently, unquote. Now, my take on this is that the usual story that these moves are being done because of the imminent decline of the dollar's reserve currency status are probably true. But I think in Hungary and Poland's case, there are much more immediate and much more pressing reasons and that there is a geopolitical implication here that nobody is really noticing, and that is Poland and Hungary would not be repatriating their gold if they thought that Russia was a threat militarily to their independence and security. In other words, the very fact that they're doing so means that they don't view Russia as a threat. Now, for that to be coming out of Poland, especially given its concerns in recent years about a kind of Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact version 2.0, for that to be done by Poland is hugely significant. It means that their assessment of the Russian threat has changed, and it has changed significantly. Somewhere, I would say, in the last two years, although for reasons that we're not really fully apprised of, that's the first geopolitical implication. The second geopolitical implication and financial implication that I think this signals is that their more immediate concern is the Eurozone itself and the softness of the Euro and its incredible weakness as it's being exposed uh, in the EU and in the European Commission that there's no input from the member nation states. It's, these are all dictates coming out of Brussels, and Poland and Hungary have been bucking them. Uh, Italy increasingly is bucking them. So in other words, to me, this signals a softness not only in the euro, but a softness in the EU itself, and they're hedging their bets. Now, the reason I think this is significant is also Deutsche Bank. The story is that Deutsche Bank has just fired, if you've been following the news, uh, literally thousands of its employees it's kind of like uh it's kind of like the uh layman brothers massacre if you want to draw a comparison to it so the banking system in germany is looking very wobbly okay and i think this is the other reason they're doing this they're 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 forecasting some shock or, or after a shock effects from the deutsche bank spinoff of a mini bank into which they rolled all their bad paper. Uh, the other thing that we need to bear in mind is Italy. Italy has also been talking a lot about gold. So I suspect 
given the fact that we've seen uh, Mr. Salvini going to Hungary and talking with the Hungarians, talking with the Poles, I suspect one of the things that they've been quietly talking about behind closed doors, and there I have no evidence for this, this is kind of speculation on my part, but one of the things that they've been talking about behind closed doors is to create some regional currency that is backed by gold for their own trading purposes and basically just kind of uh, de facto walking out of the Eurozone. Uh, I think this is in the cards. Um, and in that respect, we recall the, the statement of the Malaysian prime minister a few weeks ago where he said the same thing, essentially that they needed a regional gold-backed trading currency that would allow nations to keep their own currencies for domestic purposes, but allow trade to be conducted between nations, again, bypassing the dollar, or in this case, in Poland, Hungary, and Italy's case, guess what? Bypassing the euro, and therefore bypassing the European Central Bank, bypassing the European Commission, and bypassing Berlin and Paris. So this is what I think this may signal here. I think the, this is a reaction more to the situation in Europe, and it's a, a clear indicator that those two countries are not sensing any threat from Russia. That's a key point here to be made about this. Otherwise, they would have left that gold in the Bank of England, or better yet, put it in the Federal Reserve. So in other words, there's been a strategic assessment or reassessment in Eastern Europe, and there's been a huge sea change, and I think this Polish uh, gold repatriation signals something has happened to change their assessment of Russia. Now, if I'm right, that's a huge story because, of course, if you know Polish history going all the way back to the interwar period with the war between Poland and Russia, Marshal Pilsudski and... Uh, Marshal Tukhachevsky and so on and so forth. If you're familiar with that history, there's no love lost uh, on the part of the Poles for Russia. Um, so this repatriation, I think, is signaling that something has changed significantly in Warsaw's attitude, not with respect to Russia, but with respect to any sort of imminent Russian threat. They're not seeing it and they're repatriating their gold. This is a huge, huge step. Uh, I think we're going to have to watch those three countries, Poland, Hungary, and Italy, for any more chatter about the possibility of creating some sort of regional unit of account or trading currency between those uh, countries in, in Europe that are not willing to follow the diktats of the EU. If that happens, watch Spain. All right, so that's my thoughts on those two stories. Again, I plan to blog about the Epstein story sometime next week when I go through all of these uh, articles that people have been sending me and, and assemble my thoughts in a more cohesive fashion. I did want to do it today, but there was just too much information to try and pack into a news and views. Don't forget the vid chat tomorrow at 6.30. As always, I'll be there early, so I'll see everybody tomorrow. Bye-bye, and God bless. We'll see you on the flip side.